0: Hello and welcome to How to Adult. On this week's episode I talked to Rachel who I met on Twitter and I'm just going to delve right into this one. Enjoy. Hello. Hello. Hello Rachel. Hello. How are you doing? Thank you so
1: much for joining me. Thank you for thank you for having me. Thank you for getting in touch, even though oh, we've never met welcome. prior. This is my favorite thing. I love I love uh, meeting new
0: people and talking about myself. So oh my god, the two come just, together just the perfect place. <laughs> yeah. So me and Rachel um, met over 12. this is the first time we're meeting, but mm. we've met each other over Twitter, and I think this is sometimes why I love the universe because you just put out a tweet and you were like, uh, "Guys, I want to do a podcast. Does anyone want me on? I'd love some." Th- free therapy is what you said I'm not sure I can deliver on the therapy firm but I think we can I mean I I can give you all of that you don't even have to ask it would all be talking
1: therapy anyway so there we go (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't wait
0: for questions you You just you just go I love that um amazing and then because we've met on twitter it means that i've uh, definitely stalked you oh on, you just, on... did you get to do a deep dive i did such a deep dive <laughs> and i think my favorite tweet which absolutely just sums oh, up no. my whole um podcast is you oh i can't find it now but the tweet was something i want to know off my heart was like um yeah. I don't have my life together and that's okay, but I also don't have my life together. I was was so drunk
1: when I tweeted that. You were (laughs) trying to... I (laughs) I didn't know I tweeted it till the next day. (laughs) Much like I didn't know that I'd sent you a message until you messaged me like two days later on Twitter. And I was like... And I used the word primo. And I never <laughs> used that word in and my I life. I didn't even know We looked it up, didn't we? And what was yeah. it? A joint that's laced with crack or that, something along those lines. That's what it was. That's and the, the
0: Dictionary <laughs> definition.
1: <laughs> I promise you I wasn't smoking a primo that night. I was just drinking a bottle of salve, probably. <laughs>
0: as the, as the, uh, the, the woman I am. So but, incredible. Um, yeah. And then I so I that. Yes. And you tweet that. Um, and yeah, and then we're here. Wait, I found it now. It says, I don't 100% know where my life is going, but which is cool, but also <laughs> I don't 100% know where my life is going. And I feel like that actually just sums up my podcast because it's like, I'm here to like assure, hopefully, or just like... I don't know, talk to people and and we can all find some solidarity in the fact that, like, we have no fucking idea what, like, adult life is and what it's supposed to be. But also, there's the panic behind, like, we do not know what that is. It's okay, Mm. but, like, oh, my God.
1: Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I think there comes an age where, like, like, you look at your parents and you go, oh, you know how to be an adult. You know how to do this. And every year they get older and you're like, oh, but you know how to do this. And then I hit a certain age and I was like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing and I don't know what I'm doing none of us know what we're doing they've they had never turned 60 before I'd never turned 20 whatever before we're all just muddling through isn't it you know
0: 100%. there was um,
1: a quote from ages ago which was like oh I'm gonna mix two quotes together but it's something like you're literally just stumbling around in the dark trying not to hit your shin on the coffee table and that's just being an adult and i that. firmly believe that I it's believe a lot of shin a lot of shin so yeah. much
0: shin i actually did hit my shin on the coffee table last week so you, um, i'm uh, doing real good with that shin one. happens as the saying goes you know <laughs> I, I hate
1: <laughs> myself i really i don't like myself for that I one love, i love it <laughs>
0: um you just quickly on that one you have a yeah. dog we just talked about this before we started <gasps> yes. recording do people now think you're an adult because you have a dog Oh oh do you know what? Oh man,
1: when I was reading back through everything about your podcast, I was kinda of thinking over like what what was the most exciting thing for me as an adult? And it was getting a dog, because you suddenly go, hang on a minute, I am a full grown person. Now I can do stuff. I can get a dog and I can give it a fucking ridiculous name like beans. Yeah. And that's that and they have to when I when I adopted her, her name was Tilly. And I was oh. like, sorry, but Tilly is not is not your name tilly tilly is like a nice name for your niece but you're a trash dog who needs a trash name you're my little beans and she's uh, she literally is that and it I makes it cuter she when she ranks farts before. on tubes yeah it's just ah, oh, you know when you look at something and you're like why did someone do that to you? you're you not that's not who you are oh, i gotta so rename cute. you um and she took the name really quickly as well but also when you when you um adopt a dog and you don't fully know their background you're meant to it's meant to be a really positive thing to change their name because it can sometimes take away if that name has ever been used
0: negatively which is a thing i learned the other day I, I digress is, I don't, it no, is. it's interesting it awesome. isn't it yeah because they normally say with dogs don't use their name in a negative tone. which i mean we're tra- really trying to do but we keep you know, like no, room, do don't touch that room. come on to. yeah and it's really hard not to <laughs> so don't eat shit in the park please (laughs) don't roll in shit now please (laughs) uh and she doesn't listen she still does it uh (laughs) yeah yeah, so that would make sense as to why because if someone's used yeah yeah, her name before used it negatively yeah makes sense makes sense but it
1: but people do believe that, that i am an adult but actually because all my mates are actors basically everyone i know is actors writers creatives everyone always looks at me with such suspicion and goes but how did you get a dog? How do you cope with a dog? But the freelance life is so unpredictable. And I'm like, so am I after a bottle of wine? Let's roll with the punches. And uh, we just make tailor life to her. Because I think that's what getting a dog is. It's suddenly, I imagine this is how people feel when they they decide to have children, but you suddenly go, everything is going to be about you a bit now. I'm going to lose some social life. But you accept 100%. that you accept that
0: yeah. for the for the dog i almost felt the freelance life was better because mm. it meant that we sometimes had loads of time to do stuff and other yeah. times <laughs> sometimes we, a little too much time <laughs> yeah we had a little lot of time. uh, other times we had you know desperate actor friends who also wanted like had a lot of free time yes. and you could look after them when you don't ah so yeah that works, it works. so far yeah. yeah well as soon as we got a dog i just went for to the park for a walk like you do you have a dog uh with my friend the other day and she was like oh simone you're such an adult now you have a dog you like you have to look after something i was like mate mate come on now like i I hardly fed myself this morning at breakfast but you know i'm keeping this thing alive that's that's great but i don't know about the other part that makes me any more of an adult because i have this thing
1: if anything I'm more of a um, I'm I'm more of a failed adult because now I've got a drinking buddy I've got someone to talk to that doesn't involve seeing other human beings we can just go and walk endlessly like it's all the things I can socially recluse with her it's it's I have a great time. I'm just, you know, crossing off things that other adults should be doing. And yeah. I'm like, no no. Now we drink red wine together and watch funny videos <laughs> on YouTube. And she lies. If I put if I put animal videos on, she loves watching dogs on screens. So I, oh. I feel like I'm having that social interaction when we sit together and endlessly watch uh, dog TikToks. It's
0: great. Oh, I wish we would look at my screen. Honestly, I'd, we, oh. she has no idea. She can see stuff on the big TV, mm-hmm. but then there was dogs on the TV the other day she thought they were behind the TV, so she like they were oh, barking and she just kept running around circles. I was <laughs> like, mate, they're not there. I'm sorry, they're not in this room. <laughs> so
1: cute. Beans does that when Super Vets on the telly. Super she bloody vet. loves Super vet.
0: Incredible. I bloody love Super vet. What a me hero, too. Noel Watton. An, what an icon. Absolute icon. He will go down in history for <laughs> For all the robotic dogs he's what a made. What show. Oh, <laughs> <prosthetic>. <laughs> the, like, wheels and the limbs that come out of yeah. that show. <laughs> <laughs> me and, me
1: and my, my partner, we have a joke where we, for some reason, we just started in the house where, like, you're like, I'm sorry I couldn't save your cockapoo's legs. However, you've now got part dog, part fridge freezer. <laughs> and we- <laughs> That was a terrible accent. I'm so sorry if I offend anyone with that terrible accent. Oh, but we just and then you constantly have to one up each other on what what your biomechanical dog can do now. You know, she's a little microwave cross labradoodle. <laughs> I'm
0: waiting your, for those episodes. Or your going cookies. somewhere? Oh, incredible. <laughs> um. So we haven't really explained, I guess, who you are and what you do. Oh no, you said mm-hmm. actor a minute ago. I went on um your united page your agency because you know that's where that's where they like to put a nice bio and i like to mm. go on have a little what, read what people come from there i love uh acting uh spotlight pages and buyers who really do oh yeah i sometimes. just watch some people's
1: reels just for fun i'll just find myself trawling spotlight sometimes like just
0: Me i mean too. i
1: literally i'm just like oh i'm so curious about who this person is and then five minutes later i'm knee deep in their cv like yeah. oh i know that i know that person i know do you ever find just... yourself
0: go like, do you really do tap jazz, speak five thousand languages, <gasps> yes. do you, uh, ballet, you can tumble turn off a cliff? I don't know. I'm like, really? But you yep. Should I really? add more to mine? Are we lying at this point in time? I don't well, know. Well, this is the thing. Are we lying, or are we just
1: putting some superfluous skills in in the hopes of getting somewhere? Because let me tell you, face painting was on my CV for way longer than it should have been <laughs> for an actor. I was a face painter and I was so excited Spotlight had that option. I was like, oh, put this it. on.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that is great. Oh, you never know. You never know. You never know. You never know, you never know. You never know For what an jobs athlete, are going to Maybe up. you have to be face painting the kid's face. That
1: could happen. Exactly. Exactly. I actually, I, I am, I am, I, I beatboxed in my teens a lot. Um, it's actually quite quite ironic with where my life goes. I I just I love I loved beatboxing as a kid and um I ended up going to two separate commercial castings for beatboxers because I could beatbox yeah yeah and it's and it's more of a niche thing I had had one audition for like Fanta and one audition for a sonic toothbrush thing I I didn't get get the jobs I clearly wasn't that good at it I, (laughs) I was like, look at, look at me. I don't, I don't come across, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the beatboxing type really. You know, I, I'm not, I'm nowhere near like edgy enough for it,
0: you know? Oh, but like, mm, beatboxers can be anyone at this. It's 2020. Beatboxers
1: beatboxers can absolutely
0: be anyone. At at this point in time, I feel like the stereotypes have almost gone out the window in many respects.
1: That's very true. That's very, very true. So
0: this is what your CV says that you do. You, a comedy writer, which I yes. actually—it had a lot of facts to back this one up. I was very impressed. You do comedy impressions. I just got that from your Twitter, um, <laughs> which includes songs which are composed of Donald Trump's tweets. Oh, that yeah, was incredible. I did one song. Thank you. Yeah. You did a one woman show at the Red Lion and you won an offie in 2019.
1: Oh no, I got nominated. I got nominated. Oh, nominated. But thank that's you. I shouldn't. So why did I correct so you? She we should have just rolled with that. You actually. Yeah. She, she won. Sure. Guys, she won.
0: I got, I got nominated for an
1: offie. I got a couple of onies, oh, the that's Ninny still and Axie. It was
0: great. And you're the artistic director of Mismanaged <laughs> Theatre, which I think you um,
1: founded though. Yes, myself and my friend Catherine Chalk, we founded Mismanaged together, which is a company that solely employs uh, creatives who are female identifying or non-binary behind the behind the scenes. Girl, this is incredible. Basically, you're
0: multi-talented. You've got so much going. i stuff it. How would you stop describe it, what you do? Because that's just an actor's profile. Honestly, well, honestly, I just I'm, I for the last maybe
1: three years, I've just described myself as a writer. I really am just like I was always just like writing because writing is what. I think I'm best at. It's what I enjoy most. It's where the power is for myself and my drive, my motivation. And then acting, I went from being like an actor to oh, an actor who writes to oh, I'm an actor writer to now I just I, I drop actor, which is I don't know. I, I guess it's because auditions don't come around that often, as we all know. As we all know, so I kind of stick with the thing that I've got most to talk about. I think. <laughs>
0: No, I think... So, like, because... I'm like, a writer,
1: don't question the acting.
0: Yeah, no, I think, nah, <laughs> that comes really back down to, I think, our whole career in acting and and a yeah. lot down to last year. My, um, uh, I went through, anyone who's listened to the podcast will know, some weird, like, quarter-life crisis where I was just mm. like, fuck, I've just come out of drama school, I've been at, like, a year, and now people keep asking me the question, like, what do you do? And I'm not really doing what I want to say that I do, so... I would have I'd avoid saying actor but then my part-time job was like working in an escape room and then I'd hate saying that because it's like, oh that's not what I want to do. I don't want to say yeah. I work in an escape room but that's all I have to talk about because that's really what I do 9 to yeah. 5 every day and the actor part is just like this this title I like to feel like I deserve because I did some training um and went to uni and did it as well and I feel like you know the five years worth of training means that I can call myself that but then you know the next question is like what have you been in that I've seen and you're Ugh. like oh, I don't know oh what it's like just bingo
1: in it you know everyone's yeah. everyone's bloody anti whatsapp pops will be like oh have you been in this would I know you from this what would I know you from what are you up to now and it's like and I love that actors never ask each other that question. We're always just like, let's, like whenever I say to my actor friends, how are you? I'm annoyed when they respond with anything to do with the industry. Cause I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm yes! I'm genuinely asking how we, because I think every actor feels this need to kind of put a buffer up and go like, oh, well, I'm actually, I'm working on this at the moment. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, we forget. We're not a career. There's, you know, that great Stephen Fry quote where he says, um, oh, I'm gonna screw it up and I can't remember it perfectly. But he says I, I am not a thing. I'm a verb. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a work in motion sort of thing. Yes. So if you put a label and go, Well I'm an actor and I have to do this, it's it's kind of I don't know, I'm murdering the quote. I'm murdering the quote. No, I know but, what you um, mean.
0: Then then people think that you have to have done something to deserve that title. In yes. fact yeah. that you can say you're an actor in in your working. You're an actor who's trying to work, who's yep. Maybe struggling, I don't know. It, this is what happens.
1: Yes, it's a tough, it's a tough old industry, and I think that when your career, even in light conversation, when your career comes before your situation, your mental health, your happiness, your everything else, you're never going to be happy. It's not, it's not the yardstick by which we should be measuring our own and each other's success. It's, it's a career, and that's you know, I say, I always say to like my friends because everyone we always we have ups and downs and it's all you know it can be all shit sometimes and I try and remind myself and my and my loved actors that that is only two percent of who you are it's a very small percentage even if we want to feel like we're the artists dying for their work and you know we're a struggling actor it's still two percent of who you are the other 98 percent is what you do with the rest of your day and how you feel and what you eat and what you enjoy and what you like doing and you know life's bigger than than uh, than that I think
0: you know what I mean I agree, I think a lot of people forget that even not just in this creative industry, just as a whole Yeah. I think people struggle to say more about themselves than the job that they do when actually you're so much more than that and especially if you don't because we can't all enjoy every day we can't enjoy every Mm. part of every job that we we have to do, a lot of stuff is situational, especially now in this horrible weird time that we're having people are doing a lot of stuff that they don't want to do because they have to to get by and survive and then to have to put a label on yourself, like when someone asks the questions, like "Who are you? What do you do?" Mm. It doesn't have to be the 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 job title that you that you are currently under. It can be, you know, what you're interested in and what you like doing. Yeah. If you don't know, to get out and go and do something and find out what you do like doing apart from a career, because you're right. Yeah, so much percentage of you is made up of other things.
1: Yeah, I think it's really it's really. S- sad I'm gonna go down like a political capitalism kind of route okay, when we when we dictate our our self-worth by what we do in this world as opposed to who we are you know and I think that it's I don't know job titles first sort of world and I think that I don't know I sound a bit of a
0: wanker now to
1: be honest no, I, I? I, going I, off I on agree some, some pseudo philosophical
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree I think a lot of it also comes down from um, school, like our whole schooling, is to get a job to get money yeah, to survive. Yes, this is exactly. everything surrounded by. Like, what what do you want to go out when you're older? What do you want to um, job? Do you want to have that? That's the question, isn't it? Like, what does my dad do? What does your mum do? Yeah, it's not like anything outside of that. They could be working. Uh, the corner shop, and they could be the best person that's ever worked in the corner shop, but they could also have one—I um, don't know—an OB or something for doing something in their community. Mm. Or I don't know if I've got the right uh, title. No, there, I, but know, like I know, I know you mean. They could be yeah. doing something else in their community. Exactly, their worth isn't they're dictated by themselves. their Yeah. Yeah
1: totally totally and I think that that kind of feeds into the shame that a lot of actors deal with when we're jobbing you know like I've worked a whole host an absolute butt of weird ass jobs and I love doing them all and I was never you know when I whenever I was going home to my family and you know my family are really supportive but say the more external members of the family um and you're having to update people on what you're doing and you know maybe it hasn't been acting for 18 months maybe you've been working in a bar or front of house or as a teaching assistant and all of this and there's a certain, like, stigma that's attached to not having things together and jobbing and jumping around from thing to thing. And it's like, oh, well, I thought you were working here. Oh, you're working there. And I think, actually, it's a really exciting life to be able to leapfrog from career to career, or job to job, not even careers, you know. It's a it's a, a really fun thing that not a lot of people are granted. So I always think it's 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 it sounds like a curse, but it's a blessing in acting, you know? Like, my, my so dad's too. a teacher, and, yeah, he, he, he said... Um, years ago, I think when I first graduated and I said like I don't know what I'm going to do I don't know what I'm going to do in my life I don't know what how am I going to pay the bills what am I going to do all this stuff and he was like do you know it's funny because when I got my first teaching job I just knew that was it now I was going to be a teacher he's like oh, it wasn't a bad thing it's like I was going to be a teacher till I retired he's like and that was cool and nice and fine he's like but I think it's actually really really exciting that you are never going to know what you're going to do the next year and I think that that is a
0: real um real fun thing isn't it you know it's a lot down to yeah personal preference and some people might not feel comfortable at all in that but at that other people might comf- find comfort in that especially if they're in something yeah. currently they don't like doing to be like yeah i can go and do something else
1: completely we're, we're all we're all different and all of those choices are as valid as the other you know no one should um, no and no actor shouldn't feel great that they're not acting at the moment you know it's just we're all getting by isn't it
0: especially now
1: especially now (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. another tweet that i really liked of yours Um, this one's a bit of a thread so it's gonna be a little bit longer
1: is it the Um, one where i say tony's tony's a scranton strangler from the office okay (laughs) good because that's it i need an entire
0: podcast episode to break that down okay carry on this one's more deep this one's more deep oh yeah he said a month ago i got a big rejection from a gig i really Mm. wanted yeah and had been shortlisted for for twice but the rejection also offered a different opportunity and it pushed me to keep producing creative shit and introduced me to a producer who offered me a different opportunity um and then you said this month i've been the most excited month of my career and i can track it all down to that rejection and not getting the gig and that's important it's applying for it continue putting yourself out there and no it's not it's not just no it's a not yet one day not yet it will be now and I loved that because I think I know and have talked to you now, even on this podcast, a lot of people who are really worried of about rejection, I think as an actor, you kind of get used to it. I, I think it can get on top of you, especially in the beginning. And it's something you just, you get over as a result. But that applies so totally to anything in life. I think a lot of people are worried to start something new, join mm. something. Um they have something they've always wanted to do but they're just worried about the rejection and what that might lead to and this was amazing because you were saying I did get rejected but actually it led to something else in the end
1: yeah I think I think they always do you know and I think that the best part of everything is that no experience is ever wasted and if that experience is a rejection or if it's an acceptance like it's not gonna it's it's not necessarily gonna mean the end of something you just it's just an experience and you can apply that to so many more things going forward and you know this the thing I got rejected for um it was a thing that I, re- I really wanted uh and I'd been shortlisted for it was a writing um course uh and I'd been shortlisted twice and this year I was re- I was sure I was going to get it like last year I balled up the interview bad but this year I nailed it and I was so I was so proud of myself. I was like, this is it, right? And you know, when you when you th- go into something thinking that, then it means if you fail, it's going to suck so much more because you're like, but I gave it everything, but I did everything I could. And there's, and that was my most authentic me. And if that's a no, then where do I go from there? But I kind of, you know, and, it, and, it, and when I got the rejection, I was like, oh my God. And I, I sobbed and I drank a bottle of yeah, for Yeah, how did that feel? I, have to. I mean, the, the, the thing is, I... I don't know. I, I think because I was so confident, it, it sucked. It sucked bad. And I read the opening paragraph of the email, and then I bawled. And then I and then I just went to. I'm going to Sainsbury's to stand in the in the home section and stare at candles that I can't afford. That's fine. um And then I and then I continued to read the email, and actually, it wasn't it wasn't a straight up no. They offered me a different thing, and at the time I was like, but
0: it, this isn't what I wanted. Oh, I wanted the other
1: thing. Um, but that's how life works out in it. And you make the best of what you got. And it turned out that the opportunity they offered me was way more tailored to me. And it was a massive compliment to be offered, offered like not a secondary opportunity, but a different opportunity. And then from that in the, it, cause I'd been interviewed, one of the panel really liked me and offered to commission me on a different thing. So I got like, it wasn't a no, it wasn't a no at all. It was a not this, and that's just as, that's, just that's, that's, it's, you know, it's just as good as a yes, and you would, and do you know what, I nearly didn't apply because of how badly last year went, I nearly was like, do you know what, I just want to avoid this, I kind of really, um, attached a lot of shame to it. Yeah, like am and, and reliving and the trauma. Completely, completely. And I think that you know processing shame is like the most important thing we can all do as as functioning adults. So I was like, I'm just going to go head on into this, and I'm going to have to look those people in the eye again after I was so bad at it last year, and I'm going to do it again. And I'm so glad I did because I got had I just you know bowed my head and gone okay, I'm um, not this one, not this time. I'll I'll just uh, I'll 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 walk away. But I, I I didn't. I kind of had to run head on into it, and that's why good opportunities came. So you can't you know. Can't let the
0: rejections eat you. At the end of the day, this, this bloody career is full of them, <laughs> <laughs> and so many other things as well. And I think even if you'd, you'd I'm sure this this could have happened to you in another circumstance. Even if it's a it's a hard no one at some point, and it's not yeah. like an alternative. Actually, sometimes you find that universe gives you something a year late, like much further. Oh, down Oh yeah, the line. absolutely,
1: absolutely. In fact, a month prior to that. I was up for an amazing job working as a writing assistant in a writer's room with one of our best writers, someone who I've adored for years, and um, I didn't get it, because obviously the calibre of people is so high at the moment, everyone's vying for jobs, so it's that much more difficult, Um, and, you know, I might not have been suitable, all the other reasons, what have you. Uh, And I was devastated when I didn't get that. And it was a straight, you know, it was a, no, really sorry, but, you know, there are some more qualified people, All you know, the usual, the usual past stuff. And had I, had I got that, none of the great things that have happened in the last six weeks would have happened. They wouldn't have. I would have been in a writer's room that I probably would have loved and it would have been good fun, but none of the opportunities that are driving me now would have, would have, you know, come to fruition. So i am not i'm not going to say everything happens for a reason because i know that's really you know a lot of a lot of people can't stomach that but i think that things happen and you give them a really good reason through work, through just get, keeping going innit? Yeah. you know yeah and
0: sometimes you just learn from experiences like it could have been a no and then you just learn from something yeah you take something away you can yeah and you can move on for and i i think being a bit more um Seeing is it as not a failure, and seeing as it a, as a learning experience. It is much. You'll get a lot more out of it yeah. at the end of it. So yeah, it, re- rejection's not a bad thing in my opinion. No. I think no. it literally probably took me until last year to realise that, that that was an okay thing to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do. I think it's one of the one of the the biggest things we have to learn, but also one of the latest things we learn in in this. I don't. I don't know. It's just. Like, I, I would internalise a lot of rejections pre- previously, I would put, entirely put it on myself, and I think that we're all, like, I mean and myself especially, we're very self-revolving, you know, it must have been something I did, it must have been me, it must have been, and I think the day I kind of realised, oh, actually, loads of stuff is out of my control, and also, I don't walk away with nothing. I did driving lessons for two years and I never passed my test, I didn't walk away with nothing. <laughs> I mean, I didn't walk. I didn't. I didn't walk away with a lot of money.
0: <laughs> that, kind of, but, yeah,
1: but I. I. I walked away knowing some stuff that has been useful in time. You know, it's. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather the money on that one to be. F- frank you know it was a lot two years worth of driving lessons is a lot it's a lot but
0: hey still if there's ever an emergency and you have to drive a car at least you know how to turn it on get in
1: i have i there. have nightmares where that happens don't really? do that i i i, I have I have night like a recurring nightmare where i'm forced to drive and i can't drive and i'm like oh god i'm gonna injure myself or someone else <laughs> And I think that's just a big metaphor for, for my adult life.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to stick the keys in and hope for the best.
0: Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> that's what happens. Well, I mean, this is almost going off on a tangent, but I think sometimes we find ourselves in positions where you're like, am I even skilled enough to do this? Am I even oh, yeah. like, what? What? I'm just going to have to learn as we go. And I think that's a lot of, of adulthood. You, you almost expect that you should know too much before you can go into something. Like, you should be overqualified yeah. before you can reach anything. Well, quite often, you don't know anything. You just, you just have to kind of bullshit yeah. until you... Com- you completely. Especially, especially,
1: like, for women. Like, like men are often... Uh, I was speaking to a director, and she said to me, the um, the number of women who are waiting to send me scripts... And I'm speaking in very binary terms here, I know, and I don't like to do that, but this is the, how how she phrased it. Yeah. Um, she said the number of, of women who hold on hold off on sending me a script until it is absolutely polished perfect pristine and she would be like and these are close friends who i've known for years but they will not let me see it until it is everything they think they need to prove and then she's like and like there'll be blokes who send her half a script and say what do you reckon what do you think of it and you know it goes back to that thing like men are hired on potential women are hired on experience and i do think there is an element of sacking off that imposter syndrome that comes that that whether you agree or disagree but it does often come with being a woman in, in, in and taking up space is you go I, I must not be qualified I must not be like I've been in rooms where I've been like I probably don't belong here I should I should say something
0: <laughs> but yeah. you have
1: to just remind yourself you wouldn't be where you are unless you were ready for it in the you know in the right place at the right time
0: I never thought about that before. I, I get, yeah, my boyfriend hammers me down for that all the time. Even if I'm doing a self-tape. he will be like, one more take. Oh, no, no, okay, one more take. And I'll watch it again. I'm like, one more take. He's like, you said that about 5,000 mm. takes ago. He's like, one of these is going to be great. And I'm like, but no, it's not all that I can do. Not- yeah. I can be better than this. Yeah. Ugh. Because we, we, we worry that people won't
1: see potential in us. They will only see the absolute like skill we put out there the fin yeah because we won't be viewed as something to allow room for mistakes and maneuver we will be viewed as something that has to be the finished polished product and and sometimes that's true and sometimes it's not sometimes it's something that we've put on ourselves i don't know social conditioning and all that jazz i'm not nearly qualified enough to speak on the bigger on the bigger elements of life but i do think there is a lot that we put on ourselves that isn't isn't in the right place you know
0: Mm -hmm. um going back to the present time how has your lockdown been
1: um my lockdown has been i i'm very blessed to say actually actually all right um i mean mental health wise i've been in a great space for the lockdown i've got a great support network you know It's been crap financially, not gonna lie, it's been crap because my family are up in Wales and I can't see them. So it's been a, when I say it's been, it's been great, I mean, in my very insular little world in my flat, but um, it's as hard as a lockdown, you know, it's just, it's it's a a lockdown, isn't it? It's not going to be a party. Um, no. But I also think... Unless I it's also... on
0: House Party.
1: Ah, oh, House Party. Oh, I used to like that app for the first yeah, three times.
0: Literally <laughs> dropped off the... Yeah.
1: Oh, I hope they stole, sold their stock while it was absolutely yeah. popping. Cause, but mm. less so.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, less so, less so.
0: For a yeah. while. Um, and how yeah. are you feeling? I-, I say this now because I don't know when I'm going to release this, but we're about to go into what seems to be another one. Um, yeah. I do worry about some of my friends and I think some of them are really panicking mainly the ones who live by themselves which yeah um, which worries me a little bit um but everyone else seems to be kind of in I think what everyone's adapting to a new way of life I guess
1: that's the thing I think that you find the bits that work for you and you find the what you need to do to keep yourself mentally and physically safe and you you do you, you do kind of adapt and I think that I don't know how it's been for the people I don't know how it's been for you but an element of community has formed in my area like I didn't know my neighbours any of them till lockdown even though I've lived here for four years and now after four years I went to see my first um, theatre show in, in uh, down the road from me at this like community halls with an outdoor children's show with my next door neighbor and her little girl because they invited me and then the guys on the other side gave me a rose bush because they had double orders and I've swapped tomato plants with either side and and there's a lady in my so I'm in a a, a building comprised of multiple flats and there's a lady in it a really wonderful lady who we now we do drunk gardening where we just go out keep our social distance and we get absolutely wrecked on a couple bottles of prosecco then I crack out the saw and I'm like right Maybe what sh- what tree shall we take down today?
0: Oh, this is incredible! Only the little
1: ones that are on the on the board. You of must the
0: garden. wait. You m- have you woken up yet? And being like, wait, what the fuck did? What have I destroyed the garden?
1: <laughs> oh, so yeah, on it. Or have I have I destroyed? Have I destroyed myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually I had to stop drinking at some point because I think right now is a really anxiety fueled time, and I um I wouldn't say I'm an anxious person, but I, I, you know, I, I struggle with anxiety at times, and alcohol is a big, is a big trigger for me in the mornings, I'm like, and, it, and then I found out that everyone does this, all adults do it, we have the cringe over, and the beer fear, and all the terrible things that come the next day, mm-hmm. so I had to stop drinking, because, especially, in, I've actually done it in the last few weeks, in the last few weeks, I got, um, just got hammered, and we have a rule where, um, uh, because I've I've kind of accrued this social media following, so I, I we have a rule where Jack takes the my phone off me if I if I've had <laughs> I a couple this. glasses because I don't want to do an Instagram story around that like, yes yeah hey, are great I'm like I'd rather not massively embarrass myself by choice <laughs> like so I do that good. I I mean um, but he takes off but the other night I was like you've got to give me my phone I need my phone and he's like Rach you really don't I was like I gotta I gotta call Keris, who's my best friend I gotta call her mum. And I don't know why. I was like, I gotta tell her mum I love her. Alison, I gotta tell Alison I love her. And he's like, Wait, she don't need to. I was like, You don't understand she doesn't and I haven't spoken to Alison, who's a wonderful woman for years. And I I sent her a voice note of me singing, singing to oh, her. I sang, oh, you know, Alison. It. Great song. But um, then I woke up the next day and I was like, Well, I hate myself. No. Interesting.
0: So, um, had to, you I know. I bet she loved it, though. I loved it. She when did. <laughs> there's always like a, a really a friend's mum that you're always yeah. with, like everyone's really good friend. I love that. I love it. I was just talking about this with a friend yesterday. Friends' mums,
1: friends' mums oh, are the best. You so just love good. them. Secondary yeah. mums, they're amazing. So good there's something oh. especially like the one like the, the ones who are like i don't know they've let you have the house parties and yeah, they would be like yeah. oh here's the cheeky bottle of lambrini girl you know like literally like the mean girls
0: oh you girls oh, keep me young i love so it i love cute. it i love it too and they just know all the gossip, you know what's happening yeah. oh they're so cute they they, yeah. they remember everything about you are they,
1: oh. they remember everything and mm-hmm. and then i'm like i feel terrible because i'm crap we're just remembering stuff yeah but they'll know and then they'll always message you supportively when something's going on and i'm like I don't think I said happy birthday to you and now I feel so terrible. But it's that mum love, isn't it? It's that mum love. I love it. It's
0: unconditional for them, though, so, you know... Yeah, it doesn't matter. You've got to forget their birthday for years and they'd still message you and say really proud of you and then you are just, you know... I love it. Going back to the impressions, because we have to talk about (laughs) them, because they're incredible. And they've led to a really big thing now. Um, Did you start... I so see, for anyone that doesn't know, Rachel, if you go on her Twitter, you ha- also have YouTube and you have Yes, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. You do impressions, but you sing, and they're impressions of different singers, I guess. Yeah. Or sometimes different characters. Yeah, different. Doing different do we. Do I do a bunch of voices? Several different things. Like you've had Dolly, which is one of my favourites, Dolly. Ah oh, good um, Dolly. Yeah, Adele. Mary Wappings, that was Mary, well. yeah. uh, Maria Poppings. von Wapp and Mary Woppings <laughs> <So> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> And also Celine John doing Incy, Incy, Incy Spider. That was oh, great. Thank as well. you. you've you got much. Shakira Brittany, I mean, there's a huge list. Oh, the the um, moaning myrtle one. That was also <laughs> that was so <laughs> random, In the back I was just like, yes, uh, yes. I've I've always had to put that one out. So I started doing
1: impressions when um, I mean I've done impressions for. You. I've just always had an an ear for for a bit of mimicking, and it's always just been a fun little party trick. And then I worked as a karaoke saleswoman. Uh, Ooh, a kid's sorry, toy shop yeah a karaoke, yeah, a karaoke saleswoman so I had to sing on the karaoke machine in a two- child's tutu and like with my hair looking all cutesy and it was just I mean I look I was never cut out for being a ballerina no one should see me in a tutu and um I had to stand there singing all these different songs and so I just would take to, to mimicking and putting on a song and having fun and um and I would uh, do a lot Wait, of how old a were lot you again? Of, uh, well, too old to be wearing a tutu. 24, 20, 20, 24. Um It was one of the one of my weirdest jobs, um, and I and and then like I, so I picked up loads of voices and honed them there, and then I worked um, front of house at Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and I'd really wanted to be seen for Moaning Myrtle, so I kind of would like go away and really work on my moaning mouth <laughs> do you stop not <laughs> oh my god that's so good and <laughs> I like work on uh, work on her so that if they ever saw me for it I could nail it and then they just never saw me for it so then when I put this so I've, I've not done impressions openly ever I've never put them out online and then I was like do you know what do it because why not and it was a couple of days after that rejection I was like oh if I don't do something fun now I'm just gonna feel like crap all weekend so I um I did the WAP video with all the voices and that's why I put Moaning Myrtle in there because I was just it's my little grudge that I never got seen I never got seen mm-hmm. for Cursed Child eight months eight months I gave to that show working for in front of the house never got seen
0: <laughs> I love of all the characters you were like Moaning Myrtle's mine Moaning Myrtle's
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna make it. what what's Some the what's the pussy one? just like his credit <laughs> that, was about, that was about but i i was like i'm gonna make a i'm gonna have myrtle say some filth um oh, that was really good fun oh, yeah so good
0: oh yes yeah, so we should explain um th- this video that we're talking about now you did um the wap song in but you did 12 impressions to your yes. WAP song it's incredible go thank listen you. To it if you if you haven't already um. So 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 good. And so you did start these in lockdown. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I say, I've just I've just I've had a notebook with You've them all always in done them. for years. Did, I've is, always had is them. Is lockdown the first time you
1: posted one on? Yeah. Like that. That Sunday was the first time I've ever recorded them. Like I've never done anything with them before, other than mess around. And then I was like, let's just make a video. Um. And you know, there's literally nothing else to do, and I've got nothing to lose. Um, and also like, I think that, uh, so I'd been posting loads of videos pre-WAP, um, like I'd been posting comedy songs that I write and it, yeah, it that, those a... are the
0: ones I'd seen. Um... Yeah beforehand mm. that that's the one where you did like celine Dion, the hints he once You spied it was that one? Before? Oh no so these
1: these were all after everything oh, everything after? all the impressions everything oh, was
0: after i one was really quite new no
1: no i pinned it to my profile but that that is my that's the first that the the WAP video is the first video i ever i ever did oh, so good. um thank you but 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 prior to that i was putting out material um and i and there was there's a like a, there's a bit of like um I don't know what it is if it's shame or embarrassment attached to putting yourself out there and then going oh god what if this flops what if this video flops and then I realized I don't care I'm not putting it out there for anyone else I'm putting it out there because I made myself laugh a couple of times and I thought it'd be fun like yes. literally my dad follows me on twitter so he can see I'm not I, I couldn't I couldn't care less about if if it gets the the likes or the the retweets or what have you. And once I learned that that didn't matter, once I kind of taught myself it's no it's no signifier of how good you are or how bad you are or anything you are. As long as you're enjoying making something, and it's kind of what someone told me when I did my first one woman show, and and they were like, look, as long as you're happy with the thing you made and you enjoy doing it, what do you care what anyone thinks? So having kind of taught myself that through this like succession of really ridiculous comedy music videos, I, that I think that's what ge- gave me the guts to put out the WAP video, and then that went nuts, and I I I, I, blew, I was it was crazy, it was it was really crazy, and that's yeah, why I was, so I was on this, the
0: yeah, yeah. We, 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 you get so into the it WAP video has now dun, 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 it's got it's popped off, and si- <laughs> literally since I first messaged you. I then popped back on. I d- I'm not. I'm an average Twitter mm. user. I, I'll do a good scroll. I don't think I've honed in my uh, homepage that I need to, you know, follow some some really good people. I do. Twitter's not has never been my um, main one. So I came back on and then and then I'd seen your tweets. It was like a few one. I had to go back because I was confused because it was like something like this. I'm gonna have to sign off because of like some of the. Um, I assume some people were commenting because it's Twitter... Some something ridiculous, and you were like, "I'm going to table the comments." I was like, Ooh, wh- "Oh." Oh, wh- I wh- muted. I'm... I muted something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I went back down, and then I'd seen the Ellen Degeneres. Let's just yeah. repeat that again. Ellen Degeneres. <laughs> I mean, not her specifically, because I'm sure she has other things to do. um, I'm sure she doesn't run her own social media page. But she on her social media page, they posted your video, and it's popped off. And I just looked at me. Well, I I did the. Oh wait, do you do you know I was I went on Ellen. I was yes yeah yeah okay yes.
1: <laughs> I didn't know then if you were like she retweeted a video and I was like oh I don't know if I'd mentioned to you that way more
0: than that happened way more than oh, that. Happened. Oh did I just yeah. pop
1: it? Did I just ruin oh, it? No 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 you're good. You, you,
0: okay. so I was then, like, then oh, no. you get to go on Ellen.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah yeah so um and that that came about because uh I don't I think it had gotten into her sightlines because Leslie Jones um amazing amazing comedy uh performer uh, just. Brilliant presence had retweeted, uh, re- uh, insta instant posted it and retweeted it, and so it ended up in a lot of America's sightlines. And then oh, the producers, uh, researchers from the Ellen Show, got in touch, and they were like, "Can we chat to you about the potential of coming on and performing?" And it was all the whole process was so lovely, and they were all so. I was, I was, you know, really, you know, I'd gone, I'd gone from never putting a something, a skill out there, to suddenly on the Ellen Show, which is. Just the most twenty twenty thing to happen because That's you know, so and this mad. is this is what gives me joy all the time. And even before the Ellen Show, I always tell myself this: the best thing about this industry is you just never know what's coming. You you can never predict what's coming. Every day is a scratch card. And some think days. think with the internet you, know, you
0: can't predict what's going No, on. I've watched like, the most ridiculous videos in lockdown, some of which have been like, I became a meme and here's that story. Oh god, um, I've watched loads of those! Yeah. Brittany Broski, I yes. friggin' love it! It's and so don't good. they always go like, it, oh my god, she's incredible. Don't they always just have to go like, it went, it went, some of them haven't done anything since, whereas like, my high school picture became this, me mm. oh yes um, and they're like yeah the internet's just wild and i and then like my workplace of work was like uh do you know this is happening i don't know why workplaces need to be so serious as well because in it. half yeah. of them they were like uh this is really unprofessional and you should uh put a stop to this and they're it's like the oh it's just the internet um yeah the internet's a, a, a wild wild place yeah
1: Yeah there's this quote from New Girl so a a really crazy thing so I adore New Girl and uh, Winston is my favorite character and I tweeted about two months ago Winston is the best character in New Girl he's massively underrated and he just flourishes after season three and all this and um Lamorne Morris who plays Winston retweeted uh, or posted my video on his Instagram story and was like wow and I was I went nuts because I was like Oh my god, I've watched him all of my lockdown, and now he's watching me. And and it comes back to my favourite quote from New Girl, and it's like when Winston has had to digest the whole of the internet in a day to try and make make room for his for his um in job interview, and he's like, "Well, the thing I've learned is life's going to be fine. We don't know what's going to happen. A bear could land on our trampoline, a cat could learn to play piano. We're going to be fine." Like, and it is that unpredictability of you just don't know when a moment's going to come along, and um. And it, yeah, and it—it's and really, and it, but but being viral is a really hard hard thing to go through. It, it's not a hard thing to go through. It's not fucking hard, you know. I mean, <laughs> the, the lockdown's hard, pandemic is hard, viral is just but daft. But it's effectively it
0: comes with
1: a lot of stuff. like yeah, it's like it's like it's like. It's like walking into a staff room in a job and yeah, you know, you open the door 10 times and and you know, 4 times there's a party for you and 3 times everyone's calling you a twat and then the you know, last couple of times people are like I'm going to be your best friend. Like, there's loads of weird stuff that happens. Um, but there's loads of good stuff. I mean, I've I can't I can't talk about some of the opportunities that have come out of it because they're all sneaky sneaky on the down low. Um, and also they might fall apart because of covid (laughs) but um but like i've i my yeah it's just been a really great stuff is happening you know i'm revisiting acting again and i didn't i didn't think i i would necessarily you know so it's 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 been really exciting so you know just got to put yourself out there in it it's scary it's scary and and hard the, the,
0: the great piece of advice you said just um before that which is if, if you're proud of something and you've done something and you want to put it somewhere do something with it don't be we're, we're not in high school anymore we're not in school like you don't need to be afraid that like you're going to go to school the next day I think that's where yeah. maybe a, a lot of stuff comes yes, from because absolutely. school is such a, like a universe there's nothing outside of it everything revolves around that the people in it they could make or break your whole I think existence when you're school because it's such a small bubble yeah. but when you're out of that you want to post something you're really proud of like it doesn't what whatever happens to it, it doesn't matter you've yeah. put it out there and something amazing like what happened to you could come out of it yeah you you're someone you know could see it and then ask you to be in something else or like i don't know anything Definitely. or like you can just be super proud and you get to talk about something you've done and you get to share it with other people or yeah i guess it also comes back down to that fear of failure thing as well but in a different sense where people are afraid to Put themselves out there in case yeah. they're perceived a different way, or totally. And I think I th- and I think
1: it so much of. I don't know, so much of my past motivations at other times, it's, it's been around shame. It's been around, I will feel shame if I do this. I will feel shame if this happens. And then kind of working out why I would, why would I feel ashamed? What, what is that? And weirdly, like, it's a lot of the stuff that we learn in very early life. It's the stuff I learned as a, as a teenager, you know, as a 13 year old, I was, I mean, I was always a bit of an absolute weirdo, you know, like I've got a loud, very characterful family. I've always been musical. I, 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 I beatboxed in my year 8 assembly and I, I, I don't know why I did that I wanted to do a performance so I was like I'm going to beatbox and I thought it would be really cool <laughs> and I just looked this. ridiculous um, I, I really really was just 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 terrible but I think that at that time then you learn to go oh I should feel ashamed of that thing that I did because it's it's not the cool normal popular whatever word you want to attach to it thing to do and then once you realise that actually the, you're only putting that shame on yourself, isn't it? You know, like it, it, you can you can take that away just as easily as you put it there for you. Not just as easily, but you can take that away. You've got the power to to choose what you want to what you want to feel when you put a bit of um, stuff out there. As long as you're good at putting the blinders on,
0: yeah, because like thinking, it's really hard, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you just have the have to have the power and strength to, yeah, you know, yeah. not read everything if- that, Oh yeah, if don't if read comments, viral and, yeah. no,
1: never- if, if you ever go viral, never read comments, never Google yourself, never go onto Reddit, never go onto 9gag, never go onto any website that might have incels lingering in the background, mute the Twitter, like get- just don't read it, especially if people- like, um, so I've got a, a, an Instagram now that I've accrued like a, a like 50,000 followers and I do sketches and songs and all fun. And those people, because their a level of anonymity is stripped away, or not necessarily anonymity, a level of empathy is added because you can clearly see who I am on my Instagram. I'm very much me. I'm just trying to be authentic and myself and have fun and, you know, bring a bit of fun to a crap year. So then I know on that channel I'm safe because those people generally won't mess with that they just appreciate that but if someone's taken your video and retweeted it a million miles away from you the the vitriol that can be thrown at you and you just have to remember it doesn't matter it's not real it's monopoly money of of conversation it's 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 nothing it's ghosts on online you know so I kind of had yeah. to um but I had to look but but the thing is we're going viral you don't know that you don't know that you know and that's that's why I watched a lot of those videos that I went viral videos because it's a really weird process to have to go through and um and I think that if you're not in a good place it's really it'd be I think had I not been in a good place with good people it would it would have been a lot harder because it's easy enough to just you know at one o'clock in the morning get on your phone and, and look look at this terrible thread about you or you know all these different things that are out there but especially if you care. just put it
0: out there not expecting yes. I mean I think some people like if you have a YouTube channel for example and you put it out you're almost hopeful that that's going to yeah. happen every time but if you're just putting something out on your personal Facebook Twitter, Instagram page for the people you think you follow you can to see and then that's taken out of it I don't know that you are yes. almost thrown in the deep end straight away
1: totally totally because then you think well i would have made that differently if i knew it was going to get like millions of views i would have done something differently i would have you know brushed my hair <laughs> <I would have laughs> worn not worn my scruffy jumper i don't know <laughs> all the things that you think but you but you don't you can't you can't predict what's going to hit like the public consciousness what's going to like be that thing you know and the thing and the other thing is it the high is as quick as the low because i'm gone now i'm i'm, ne- I'm last week's news now we're going to talk about I don't know a girl who can flip a Budweiser bottle with her nose I don't know what the next thing is you know (laughs) more power to to her. might I just add it might I might have to try that see if it can be me (laughs) again but you you don't know what the next thing and, and learning to deal with the fallout is is as important as learning to deal with the build I think that and that's why I'm really excited about opportunities that are more private to me or like what I've got going on because you don't feel you don't feel the need to prove anything and go I wasn't just a flash in the pan look I am actually you know I did this I did that you know I trained you just go actually I don't really give a toss because I'm just working on everything I got going like I don't yeah
0: that was one part of some other amazing things that I've done that other people just haven't seen or the people Mm. who have they have
1: exactly it's just yeah it's just a weird one just a weird one but it's but it's exciting isn't it life's too too short to to think about it on too long I think
0: So at this point, as the other professional that I am, I lost my questions, but we then got on to talking about how it was to be on Ellen DeGeneres. How was the Ellen DeGeneres thing? Did you have to wait, because they had a different time zone as well. Yeah,
1: so I, I was, it was midnight here, and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon for them, and um, it was, it was really good fun, but it was, I had to, so I watched the build-up of the show, and I watch Ellen, and then suddenly it'll be like, right, ready, you're on, you're on in two, and then you're just terrified because i mean i i've had one interview for london live (laughs) like i'm never (laughs) the thing that everyone promoting their show has done but i but it was it was it was a world away and there's something so um like dissociating i don't know what the word is but when you hear like like freaking ellen DeGeneres say rachel like even just saying my name i was like i four weeks ago i you know i just couldn't I couldn't have seen it coming it was just crazy but it was it was a super fun experience and um I had a really really nice time doing it which is cool and one of my favorite things is one of my one of an amazing impressionist she's just incredible Christina Bianco um who I've loved for years and um I'd watched her clip on the Ellen show multiple times she she got in touch like she was like retweeting my video and then she was like replying to my tweets about being on ellen and all of this and you know when you're like there's like an artist who i have the utmost respect for who is just so talented like i'm engaging with someone who i never thought i would i would have the opportunity to engage with and i was yeah, that was really really cool That's she's fantastic so if you haven't if you haven't watched her you know, god just watch her no, she's amazing. Christina Bianco, watch a total eclipse of the heart. She's she's like mu- musical theatre as well. So her voice is just power and oh. beauty. She does the most insane in Dina
0: Menzel. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> I'll stick to Monium Myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other, you know, like 15, 17, 20 uh, plus those, things. Few yeah, women. Um I, I remembered my point, but it was such a very small point. It was that um we were talking about um Posting something online and Mm. and the fear of just just doing that. Whereas it also relates to even if it's like joining a club or something else, I think everyone has that first fear moment of when they're like, oh, I don't want to do this because it's too embarrassing. I'm not going to be good enough. Where if you just like you you did, just to post it, big things happen, just join the club, just try something new. You don't, you don't, you never know what's going to come out of the end of that.
1: Yeah that's so true and I think that as we get older we put limits on ourselves of what we're allowed to try to do and try not to do like if you ask any adult who hasn't has never drawn a picture if you tell them to start drawing and try and get good at it they will they will be like no because I'm not good at drawing and but if you're like but why but why isn't there room for you to get better like I don't you know why can't a 40 year old woman start going to ballet and just to enjoy it you know why can't why, why can't we you know why can't my 90 odd year old granddad? leave his bowls team and go join volleyball probably because there's the physical restrictions there but also you know i that think would that would be, <laughs> be like a, a volleyball
0: for old days
1: sometimes. yes oh, right. uh, yes senior volleyball but i think you know it's it's a really it's a really sad thing i don't know why i just don't know why we do it we we all go no i can't do that because i've never been I've never been good at it and i think the idea behind all that is that don't you don't do something unless you're good at it but if you yeah. don't do something you're bad at, you're never gonna have a go at being better. I don't know. No. Know. Like I just think it's really sad. Me too.
0: But then I understand how people get stuck in, you know, just like the rut of life, almost like oh, yeah. we've not been um, conditioned to to seek all those opportunities. Yeah. Or- or explore new things you're it's very much like you pick your path and then you, you yeah do it. and that's what i think i, I find
1: sad and I don't, I don't mean sad as in like oh it's pathetic we don't try new things i mean like it's genuinely sad that we don't ever give ourselves enough leniency to just go and try a thing yeah. like when I when I um I lived in Paris for a while when I was like 18 I, I I didn't get into drama school so I was like oh I'm gonna panic and go to Paris and be a nanny Whoa. um yeah which was crazy it was crazy it was really nuts I like, really crazy time uh super weird but um I wanted to try ballet and I lived in Paris and I thought why not be a ballerina in Paris and I let me tell you I was not ballerina and I show up at a, at my dance class that I'm going to in central Paris and you know I've psyched myself up I've brought my brought my um like stretchy pants and I'm so excited and then I get to the class and it's a beginner's class and I'm like this is weird it's full of tiny children and it took me far too long to realize I was in the children's class like so- and because I, I, you're in the waiting room before you're let into the studio while the last class finishes <sighs> I was looking around like these are all children so I go to the desk and I'm like I think I'm an adult. (laughs) Well, actually, (laughs) I'm doubting it right now. She She was like, yeah, don't worry. You've come to the kids one. Let us sort you out. And so, and she was laughing a lot as she was doing it. So she signed me up for the next day. And that night I was like, I'm so ashamed of myself. I've got to go back, back to the place where I embarrassed myself to do a thing that I'm terrible at. And I went back and I did it. And I was so bad that after (laughs) about my third week, The late, the teacher stopped teaching me, just me. Everyone else, she'd come round and correct. But I, you know, I spoke French, but not fluently. And I I didn't understand it fluently. So I was just, you know, going with it, copying what everyone else was doing, having a good time. Because I wasn't there to be brilliant at it. I was there to enjoy myself. And that was the most important bit of it. And I think she realized that. Either that, or she just thought I was an absolutely hopeless case, which both are true. (laughs)
0: But it was nice I not not that. to be told I was doing it wrong. I wanted to learn, but I didn't want I didn't, to, I didn't need to but be it, great at it. Yeah, you're not You're not there to be, you know, the next best, uh, it's not a new career choice, it's just something you need no. to try. Incredible. Oh
1: yeah, I ruled that out as a career choice very fast. Yeah, I was like, do you know what, not tall enough. Do, horribly, I'm gonna end up back in a tutu in about four years time, but that's fine. Oh,
0: I love <laughs> that. Just quickly on that, when did you, so you didn't get into drama school, decided to go to Paris, incredible. Then did you decide to try again after that? Yes. And come yeah. Back? So I
1: so I went to Paris, got back for my auditions, auditioned, got into uh, a drama school, and then went away to France again and worked for another five months and came back like a week before I left the drama school. Um, I worked as a children's swimming teacher. That was a nice job Amazing. in central France. But um, I then I did three years uh, at drama school and I I hated it to be honest with you. Like I,
0: You hated you hate drama school? I,
1: can't, I I really can't get on board with the whole drama school idea, to be honest. Oh. I, I don't think that... I think that there's a lot of uh, antiquated ideas with drama school. There's a lot of, we break you down to build you up. When actually you're just cons- yeah. teaching people to consent to being broken. In it's an like, industry gosh. that's fundamentally broken when it comes to consent. So I really couldn't... I, I just didn't... I didn't like it. I had a... Not that I didn't like it. I, I met some brilliant people. Some of my closest friends now were f- were, were bonds that were forged in the fires of uh, of bloody drama school, um, <laughs> and and you know I've I, there were things that I learned that were useful, but I don't think it's the be all and end all to any actor's career. And I also think that there's a lot that needs to be done to bring nineteen eighties training into a twenty twenty world. Social media, oh. for example, no no training on social media,
0: mm-hmm.
1: networking. How to network. online a lot like Twitter you know like all of these different very important elements of that some people shirk off and say oh no gosh it shouldn't be you shouldn't be having to even have a social media presence to be getting acting jobs you don't have to but it's useful to meet people and to connect and also your mental health might like it at times when you find solidarity when you find groups that you didn't know about when you find a new a new group of people that you really you know you work well with and then you, you know that I've that's that's happened multiple times and I don't think that um you're you're ever kind of taught how to how to not that you should be taught how to work social media but there is a certain art to creating content and putting yourself out there and you know when work dries up how are you gonna do it okay how do we like even how do you make headway in writing you know because you can't just train a bunch of actors and send them into an oversaturated industry where they don't have the tools to fend for themselves essentially you know what I mean I don't know, I'm just, I'm just talking, no. ranting a lot about how I hate drama no, schools No, <laughs> I
0: commend this answer so much. I was, the reason I was so shocked in the beginning is because someone asked me this question literally, like, two days ago, and this was my answer. I went, um, yeah, I really loved all the people that were on my course. I learned just as much from them as I did from everyone mm. else. Um, and I kept going, um, because mm. in my head I was going... I don't think I learned everything I needed to have learned. I wasn't, like, we spent two years, in my opinion, wasting a lot of time doing things that we I've never ever used outside. It was very outdated, it was run by people who were no longer in the industry anymore. Yes, ooh, yeah, um, shh, We were taught to carry our CV in a piece of paper. Oh, yeah. I graduated God, yeah. two years ago, two <laughs> years ago. And they were like, you need to print off your, your CV, yeah. piece, piece of paper, you carry it into every audition do you know what, we left, someone did that in their first audition, group message, no one ever carry oh, your CV around. you don't need to do it, they have your fucking spotlight, they will laugh in your face, and we were like, yeah, of course, like, why did we, but the polite version of, or answer of that question is not to come up with those answers first because almost like you don't want to feel like you wasted your time, you spent a, a lot of money mm-hmm. and it's also something that like mine wasn't a degree I don't know about yours but I did a degree at uni and then I did a two year course and everyone uh. always goes like what was your course and mine was called a diploma but that's supposed to be before like a diploma in a sense of the word is normally what you get before you go to right. university it's almost like a foundation course whereas this course that I went into you couldn't go on unless you had a degree or you'd been in the industry a long time So, to people who didn't know what drama school was, I just have to keep going, like, oh, but it's the fact that I've got a training that counts, like, that means I'm now an actor, when you're so right that that doesn't make anyone an actor. The training itself, you can take what you get from it, and I'm sure there are some incredible courses, and I'm sure things are changing now as well, but yeah, I... You Very similar things. I would yeah. say. I mean, reasons. I to be honest, I looking back, I just rather thirty
1: grand. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and I didn't get thirty grand's worth of skill. And there's a lot of people who are barred from going, based on socioeconomic background. You know, there are people who cannot afford the audition fees. There are people who cannot afford rent in central London. There, are, you know, so there are so many hurdles, and so you've got such a fine sieve that what gets through is an awful lot of privilege yeah. and not this enough skill to back it up at times. I don't know. 100%. I'm a big case of strong opinions loosely held and, and I'm open for people <laughs> to change my mind, but having done the three-year drama school thing, I just... And I'm, I'm always careful about it because I'm sure there are people who've... You know, I know friends of mine who've tried for years to get in and finally got in and this is brilliant. I will support them wholeheartedly, but I will remind them to... to get out as much as they can, Eke out every resource, if they offer studios for free, great, go there, prep speeches, if they have one-to-one sessions, nail them for it, get everything you can out of them, because they're getting everything they can out of you, financially, so, so I don't, True. and also don't, don't think that that is just going to be a, a, you know, a lovely slide, and at the end you land in the ball pool of jobs, it doesn't, this doesn't happen, so, so no. be prepared to, to graft, And I think that's the good thing about actors who have to try for a few years to get into drama school is they know rejection already and they know how to graft in the meanwhile. So I, I think that that's... But there are, you know, there are a lot of actors who go straight into drama school, come out, don't fully... haven't fully developed the, the, the gnashes for... Um, the rejection and then you kind of internalise it all and it's all your fault because you were the lead in high school and then you were leading a drama school show and now you're out and no one's giving you a job and we should be training people to not just, it comes back to the label things. we're not just actors, we're going to train you on how to just survive the
0: industry because yeah. it's a tough uh, a tough bitch isn't it, you know and I'm not sure about you but I feel like I've learned a lot on the job and oh, that's God, so yeah. relevant to like every other job not just acting as well, you've feel like you need a lot of training you're going to learn everything you need even just going to university did you go to uni no i just did a three year um, so i have very similar feelings about university as well if not Mm. even stronger the drama school because at least for me drama school i was in so many hours university i had nine contact hours a week
1: (gasps) i was like where
0: did my nine grand go like i think we worked out how much money we'd spent on a lecture and i was like I would just never have upfront. If I had to give the cash over every time I had a lecture, I never would have done it. Yeah, yes, because it just wasn't. Yeah. It, w- it, w- it wasn't worth it. It was, yeah,
1: no, yeah, insane. You work out the fees you pay a day. <laughs>
0: yeah, come out of uni and they're just as stuck because you end up learning on the job. You, yeah. That's you don't you didn't yeah. learn the skills you needed for that job in uni. You you might have learned other things, and we can grasp onto yeah a lot more that we learn. And I think some people say to me like oh would you not go to uni then would you not do it again and then I'm like oh but now like now I almost can't say that because I met some of my best friends in my final year of uni and like uh, I I'm sure each experience I've ever done in my life builds up to like something else and if you take that away then uh, who knows where I would be so no I wouldn't but I would definitely advise differently um having done that uni and drama degree
1: totally I absolutely agree on that and I think you can kind of separate the life lessons from the paid lessons you know like I would look back and go no if I could go back I would absolutely not not do that I think I would choose a different path and we can all go but I wouldn't end up where I am doing what I am I'm like yeah 100% and you know what I also can't change the past so it's hypotheticals anyway but projecting to a future self you know if I was if I was talking to me pre-drama school I'd be like there are so many skills you can learn Without having to wring yourself dry emotionally and physically and financially, um, yeah, I just think it, I just think no one should ever feel like it's that, that the industry is gatekept by drama schools and it shouldn't be. And I don't, I mean, it, and it is. It's all. It's still a load of problems, isn't there? You know, it's just one of those.
0: It's one of them, but... Um... It is one of them. I agree. I think it that translates into other jobs where you have to start off with an apprenticeship or you have to yeah. ha- start off with an internship. Internships... Well, I, I can't get started on that because I'll go, I'll go off. Yeah. But the fact that you're un- you have to do unpaid work... I know a friend who did unpaid work for about five months and I mm. just don't understand how they expected anyone to live in London for five months yeah. not getting paid to do someone else's full-time job and then that to gain experience to then get a job which uh, blows my mind there's so many you you can apply that to edinburgh
1: fringe festival i've 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 never gone to fringe and everyone's always like
0: oh my god you've never gone to the fringe
1: i've never been financially viable to either go to the fringe to stay and watch shows at that time i've either been working a job where i have no holiday pay on zero hours and i don't have the money lying around to just take myself off to Edinburgh, or if it's about a show i'm like do you know how much money people lose on shows like it's it's overwhelming like to take yourself and a show up there and that's why you end up with a load of actors doing stuff for free and it's not fair and you know if you're not paying like when i did rattled i um i had a couple grand i'd saved up and i wrote to every single rich person i could find on the internet uh, one amazing American rich dude who's just the loveliest. He's an app founder, um, a really big mental health care app. Uh, he gave me two thousand pounds, and Incredible. that that meant that meant I could do it. And then I also risked. Uh, I think I had three grand, and I put all of that in so that all of my creatives got paid. I had childcare for my creatives. We were on, uh, you know, solid rates for every. And no one, everyone was paid a, a living wage. You know, we weren't taking advantage of anyone. Um, And it was, it was a lot of, it it wasn't, it wasn't, because I wouldn't recommend it, because the emotion, the the toll, the stress, because when I was walking out every night, I wasn't just writer, actor, I was also producer, and I wasn't looking at the house as an actor and going, oh, I've only got four people in tonight, this is going to be really hard to perform, I was looking at it going, I've lost so much money tonight, and I'm really scared I'm not going to recoup that in the rest of this run, And and I did end up losing all, all my money you know like it was it was a big risk and it paid off I got signed with a brilliant literary agent and then as life just happened to have it a commission that I'd applied for and been through a few rounds of I ended up getting weeks later so I was once again financially I'm going to be okay you know I've got a bit of backup if I break my leg and I'm on zero hours contract you know that's how, in my head how I work financially I'm always like always have you break your leg money um and I but it, it, I there are so many people who are not in a position to have Three thousand pounds in their savings that they can risk, you know that if that, that's a really big pr- position of privilege, and that's why stuff like the fringe, be it London or Edinburgh, it, it's 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 a real, it's only a stomping ground for those who've got got the money or are funded. But getting funded in and of itself is is an exhausting mission.
0: You know? I think it's amazing think that you you even had the initiative to um, understand people's worth and say no, I'm gonna. Pay everyone mm. minimum national wage is what what we do because I think even when actors writers make productions themselves and they still understand the struggles they there's still a lot of people who will have to rely on friends to get it done for free yeah. to to be able to do it because you all just want yeah. to be in something because you're an actor and that's what you you love to do totally. but then that becomes with a lot of repercussions like paying rent and and other stuff like that
1: yeah and it's kind of it's kind of cruel to think of anyone else who like not as yourself you need that money my lighting designer needs that money you know they've got a mortgage my director's got kids she needs that money like if if we're all just playing to the tune of the writer like I want my show up it's got to be done I want actor I've got to have this show up then then whose show is it is it just your show and is it just for you then or are you creating are you wanting to create more job opportunities and a and a good workspace and a and someone's wage like there, you know it's it's a lot to take on yourself and it's why I wouldn't I would never produce again but it's worthwhile and everyone is as valuable as you are in the room and that's the the heart of it isn't so it?
0: key in this industry I had this conversation with my boyfriend recently um I mentioned it to you a minute ago or before we started recording that I um got delayed uh i had a audition and it was supposed to start at i say i think it was like 8 30 it didn't start until um quarter to 10 so it was oh. over an hour that that's i was ridiculous. stood in front of a tripod with a white wall literally just stood there like ready to go on it was a zoom audition and um i was supposed to be babysitting because that's how i'm earning money at mm. the minute and the family are super kind and I'd explained they had an audition in the morning could I be half an hour late uh they told me that it shouldn't be more than 10 minutes and I thought like even if I allow like them to be 10 minutes late and then me to be 10 minutes late I should still get that but in case anything happened I'll text you and she was very very lovely and flexible about it um even though she has a full-time job which is why I am helping her with her child care during this mm. lockdown period because she can't look after a child and support her child with work and stuff so yeah you know everyone's got an involvement in this and then when I came onto the call and they finally came on after me ring my agent like I-, I like I have other responsibilities that yeah. I need to do it's not just me in this and they were like I'm really sorry it's gonna be fine come on they don't even mention the fact that they're oh. late and he literally says I'm so sorry it's so early in the morning and I was like wow I that's a that's have a been a stood there for so long and then i just spent the whole day feeling so guilty because i'd put this family out it wasn't only me that like yeah. i think actors sometimes we we take a lot of we feel bottom rung so you take yeah. a lot of shit you take a lot, you, yeah. you just want to be I, I needed that job as well i was like that's that job will be money that's the sad really, part isn't it yeah i'll need that part so i'm gonna take the shit even though they didn't they almost have no respect for my time which in turn meant that i had to have no respect almost for my employer's time and then i felt really bad yeah um as as a result of that i think yeah you're so shitty yeah so shitty there there, there needs to be a level playing field in some respect when it comes to like people's time respecting other people there's no like weird hierarchy where no become desperate actors who do lots of work for free because that's what we want to do and then we can't pay rent. And,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think it's a really... I don't know, it makes me really sad when actors are taken advantage of like that, you know? And it's it's, it's one of the reasons I moved away from acting into writing because, say, a, a producer or so someone wants to meet with me, they've read my script and they're like, cool, picture something, when's good for you? When do you want to meet in the next... I mean, not pictures, something. They'll be like, can we have a general meeting? Which is when you just literally talk about yourself. It's, it's, it's effectively a podcast. It's great. Yeah. Um, they're like, uh, right, when can you meet in, in the next month? When's good for you? Can you do this day? What, what, what time would you like to do? It's so much give. There's so much give, and it's so lovely. Um, and you're always given ample time, and it just feels like they want to know you, and it's lovely. Whereas when I was acting, I felt like I was on a conveyor belt, you know, and I'd get a message commercial casting 10 a.m. tomorrow. Great, they should have thought about that. Like I can't like I can't I'm sorry, I'm sure that casting director is under so much pressure and they've been told by the powers that be, we need this cast, quickly recast whatever tomorrow. But there has to be a chain of respect from the top down because the actors so often find themselves at the bottom and being shat on by everyone else. It's so hard. Yeah. So hard. And you know, like and, and I that that I literally had that audition where it was a commercial casting, ten AM Central London, and I had to move stuff around get all the way into central for a commercial that i knew i wasn't gonna get i knew i wasn't right for i still had to go to i had to pay my eight pound fare there and back
0: Mm -hmm. and then
1: i had to go back into town that evening for work and pay another and you know and you're just like absolutely not i don't i don't need someone i don't like i don't want to be someone's bitch (laughs) you know what i mean you're like oh i'm gonna call you up and you're gonna be i'm not your booty call actor like it's not it's weird and it makes me sad because that it's it's again you know it comes back to what you're taught in drama school you're taught not not to respect yourself but you're taught that others should be respected more what the director says goes if the director says no one is allowed to leave this room you're not even allowed to leave the room you you know if the director says you're shit act better all this stuff no don't don't teach people not to respect themselves because this industry was, will try and teach you that anyway so you've got to yeah be able to fight such your a corner difference
0: between um like working hard like there'll be people who work incredibly incredibly hard who, who choose to work all through the night um to, where there's a writing job to get it done an acting job to get a self-tape done mm. and then like that that's going above and beyond and and that will probably get you the job and that's incredible but then there's also a difference between like you know having to like get knock off a job so you can do an audition yeah. and then you don't make any money that day yeah. like that then the it doesn't come into like, are you hardworking enough? It comes down to like, come on now, I need to also pay my bills Yeah, and I need to, um, yeah. Totally. Other people's time. And-,
1: and what we deem as hardworking is often rooted in classism and ableism and all yeah. of these hor- horrible isms that come with the idea that you, you've got to be worked this way. And if you're not working this way, then you're not hardworking. And I just think it's, you know, it's not, it doesn't make for healthy actors uh, or any creatives or any person you know I just think that yeah it's not not a good feeling, not yeah, a good feeling if you're though. in a
0: position of power you know you, you still have to be respectful whatever that job circumference is absolutely that's something you want to you know put on yourself or a club you want to build you have to be respectful like totally people will do you favors but also you need to give they need to have something back
1: yeah that. the you know the best directors I've worked with like rattled Gemma Gross who's a fantastic director she we'd start every morning in rehearsal she'd come in and she'd be like right guys how are we feeling today how's everyone doing she would just have a sit down let's all have a cup of tea just sit down and there was a day where I was like I think I feel like I'm going to collapse my anxiety super high I'm feeling like crap she was like cool 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 well let's chat it out do you want to chat it out how are we feeling do you want to and I, and I got to sit there and just vent all of my concerns and worries in a really safe room with a really cool director with a lovely lovely team and I and that was a moment where I went oh my god I've never been allowed this I've never been allowed this and there was no wiggle room in drama school for that there was no there was no come into the room as a human being and all accept that we're in this together and we're trying to make this product together it's you know there was a lot of director led bossy boss I do this you do th- you know like I don't, I don't, I'm not, am I'm not for that I think you know it's all about respect isn't it you know it's all yeah. about just treating each other kindly especially now god
0: especially now, but I've taken up so much of your time, um, talking about time, (laughs) one more question, go for it, go for it, um, when was the moment, if you can think of one, where you feel like you were like, shit, I'm an adult now,
1: oh, when was the moment I realised, do you know what, it was the time, the first time I had to phone and sort out, um, uh, getting wi-fi, I think that's yes. a big one: getting Wi-Fi and moving bills. When we moved into our first flat, we're going to have to do that again in about two weeks' time. But it's that moment where you go, "Oh no!" It's like it's like or oh, oh, booking your first doctor's appointment yourself or your dentist. Yeah. Those times where you take over the reins of what would normally have been pass it on to someone else. That it's not big, it's not fancy, it's not glossy and exciting. But phoning Southern Electric and telling them where I live now, you know, that's that's <laughs> like,
0: whoo, oh doesn't get
1: much much more adult than that, you know.
0: I I remember like even just going to the dentist by myself for the first time and and then um because I was no longer in I mean spoiler alert, did I go to the dentist in uni? No I didn't. I'm disgusting. Nice. Um (laughs) Why would you? Why would you Why would I? I didn't I didn't go home for that appointment. Um nor did I make one where I lived. Yeah. Uh, but I did after I went to uni, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, Mm -hmm. dental hygiene probably should start (laughs) that now. And I was like, Oh, and then they asked me for money and I was like, Wait, oh it's just nhs like you know like you don't pay for other services because we have nhs in this country and they're like no it's a dentist you pay and i was like oh and they were like that's like 27 pound 50 please and i was so broke just out of uni and i was like 27 pound 50 to get my chief teeth check for like two seconds i was like oh this is the worst i don't want to be an adult i don't know what this is i'm done
1: honestly i have that exact same moment and i had to have a fill-in and it was my first like adult dentist appointment they were like you're gonna pay by card and i was like i'm so sorry odd. i think you're confused <laughs> i don't know if i meant to <laughs> that's big it's thing. the worst that's the worst oh, bit
0: yeah.
1: oh fuck adulting man it's so I'm much right. easier when someone else paid for the... but when i was free when it was free <laughs>
0: yeah that's so much better
1: god that applies to everything all of my bills my wifi everything you know it was nicer when I was you know 20 years ago when none of that was in the realms of thinking you know
0: didn't worry and now it's just like another thing that constantly like buzzes or it oh. comes out of my account and I, I, oh. do, I do the wifi and then like three weeks later I'm like why do I have like no money in my account and I look I'm like Oh, several bills have come out in my name and I need to ask people to, you know, pay <laughs> me for those bills now.
1: <laughs> oh, you got to chase up money. Oh, that's, that's next I level.
0: That, oh. that is next level.
1: Not fun, man. Mm. Not fun.
0: Rachel, thank you so, so much. Um, thank you. Thank you, mate. For indulging me in this great chat. It's been um, absolutely it's been lovely. Having- to speak to you do you have any final words oh what are your where can people find you so i'm on instagram uh rachel underscore
1: harper underscore comedy uh, i'm on youtube as rachel harper comedy uh rachel harper on on twitter and um yeah i think that's all the all the social meds oh god i hate myself for even saying that term
0: yeah well I'm I just want people to watch on it videos. Oh, oh yeah. that was oh, my first I was
1: as, soon as I was like oh we talked about the
0: videos <laughs> we have to see
1: them now. they gotta go do a deep dive I love it when people message to. me on insta and they're like I'm sorry I just have to tell you that I'm doing a real deep dive of your account now and I'm like great get in there have fun
0: you know I just went back to you know uh July 2012 <laughs> and I really <laughs> saw this post that you had <laughs> Do you know what the best part is? I, I, I literally had
1: to set up an Instagram because I was posting all of my stuff on, uh, on on Twitter and then I had to set up an Instagram after it went viral on Instagram and I didn't know about it. And a lovely lady on YouTube was like, you need to get on Instagram. So I set one up and then I, I amassed quite a following quite quickly and this guy comments on my first photo like, I'm sorry, did you just invent yourself two days ago? <laughs>
0: And I was like, um, a little bit. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so good. Also incredible that you got Instagram and then you blew up, like, several days after.
1: Yeah, well, it was kind of, it's it's a weird, and with the Ellen show, it all kind of trickled in steadily, which has just been, Mm -hmm. I've never even liked Instagram, and now I live on the bastard. It's great.
0: Yeah, I think Instagram's my most used app, and I don't know how I feel about it, but... You know, yeah, just go use your feed with what yeah. you like and yeah. get rid of the
1: exactly, of rid exactly. Of Times like this, you use it for a bit of positivity and fun and kindness and yeah. sack off all of the um, all of the just horrible trolls. Yeah, yeah, get them in the bin. Yeah, in the bin. Right. <laughs> On that,
0: you use in the bin so much. I, I always like say Twiddle. in the bin. I love it so much. I watch. Get in the bin. I look. Yeah, like get them in the bin. I like, yeah. It was, what what was that one? It was like men who say they're too Oh, cheek men who use the word cheeky. cheeky if they describe themselves as cheeky. Ugh,
1: absolutely not. We do not infantilize ourselves here, sir. You are a grown man, you are not cheeky. I can't
0: imagine. <laughs> you are just belligerent. Me, say, like, yeah. I'm a bit cheeky. I forgot yeah. vomit all over. I think I'd
1: seen it on like a Tinder bio on a girl. A girl, there's a girl who sings TikTok uh, on TikTok. I think she sings Tinder bios or something really funny. And it was like they were talking about a guy calling himself cheeky, and it makes my skin crawl a bit. It's like oh cheeky. Oh, I'm like I don't you are. Like uh, you give me the what is it? The ick. People say they give them the oh, ick. That yeah, was a fun horrible. thread on Twitter as well. Yeah, that, that, is, that gives me the ick. that gives me the
0: cheeky's like what i call my dog like she's being cheeky not what you call yes not what you call a grown grown man (laughs) no or the three-year-old that i look after she's being very cheeky today. yeah oh i'm a bit cheeky
1: (laughs) when you say it in that tone as well yeah (laughs) get in the bin i just need a big buzzer that says get in the bin that'll be my podcast things we're gonna put in the bin this week Meg, who say cheeky? That would be that? a
0: great podcast. I'll have
1: you on it when I set it up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just list things that we need to go in the bin, and you have to have the buzzer now. Yeah, like, gonna have to... in the bin. Oh yes, it
1: would be one of those like nineties game shows. In yeah. the bin. Yeah, that would be that. See. <laughs> ah, the opportunities are endless. Look at that. Coming soon. You never know guys. when they're coming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to stop it. Thank you so much. Thank Rachel. you. Thank you for having me ah what an absolute gem definitely go and check out the talent that is rachel harper comedy there's a many much needed laugh to be had in these very weird times and i hope everyone has a lovely holiday period in whatever way they can and i was just got even weirder i don't know what the hell this year is or what next year will be so look after yourself and do whatever makes you happy i've learned this year that there is no time limit no matter how much my brain tells me that there is And thank you so much to everyone who's been on the podcast this year. I've learned so much already in only like eight episodes. And thank you everyone that has listened. Thank you.